What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another show, NBA show from Bet US TV, where we're giving you free NBA picks, man, uh, Monday through Friday, and it's Friday. Thanks, good. It's Friday. I'm your host, Jay Money. We got our guy Noops with us, aka Alex Christensen, and we got our guy Josh with us as well. What's up with you, Josh? Everything cool with you? Everything good, man. Everything good. Yesterday was a wild day of NBA. That was a fun way to win the Nuggets money line. That's for sure. I spent 47 minutes slandering Jamal Murray, and I had to take it all back at the end. And I'm completely okay with that. But uh, also ended up getting some late action in on the Clippers, which was fun. That was also all the way down to the final possession. So shout out to Reggie Jackson for the unnecessary layup there. Nice to have a little bit of luck go your way sometimes. Um, certainly much needed. But a uh, nice little 2 day, and hopefully we carry it into a bigger day today. It's always great to be lucky, man. Sometimes better to be lucky than to be good, right, Alex? Um, how you doing today, my brother? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's Friday. Very excited for the weekend. Going to be a bunch of great basketball. I did have the Nuggets, too, last night, and that was nice. I actually had quit. I bet at the Houston Rockets because I'm just a sucker for Houston, and I wanted the challenge of the Rockets as a road favorite. And I played some okay basketball, but it's tough to beat a Spurs team when they're going to shoot 55 56% the whole game and really put one on. So I went to sleep to pretty angry because, um, you know, I had the Nuggets. They were losing. I got Josh firing at all the chats with all this horrible stuff. It's like, I'm just going to put today away and i woke up to finding out that it turned out well and that's always the best exactly exactly yeah i was maybe one of the few people in the world that was on the spurs yesterday and that was i did it's been it's been going well man let's try to keep it going to today um let's go look at those best bet records here man i know we stacked up some wins yesterday i was on the nuggets as well wrote my guy josh and that one uh thankful for jamal murray and that we stacked up some wins still only sitting at 129 138 and three on the season but um we're, we're trying to stack up more wins here today let's go ahead and get straight down to business here we're going to break down seven games today on the Card. We're going to try to cash every single one of them here, guys. So let's get straight to it. First game up, we're going to the streets of Indiana here. We have the Pacers laying five points at the house versus the Washington Wizards in this one. Over and under sitting at 233 and a half in this one, Josh. Um, how are you looking at this game, my brother? Pacers first game back at the house after a seven-game road trip. Yeah, it's always um, an interesting angle to sort of fade that team's first home game after such a lengthy road trip on the other side of the uh, country is, but I just can't really get to playing the Wizards here. I think that they themselves are in a bit of a free fall from a matchup perspective. Everything sort of screams Indiana as well. Um, scoring wise, you know, if they get going, especially from the perimeter, I don't know how Washington keeps up. It's one of those situations we've seen a few times this season where when one team is so heavy in terms of three point frequency and, you know, very good in terms of their efficiency to match. And the other team does not shoot threes. Uh, they tend to struggle to keep pace, especially if uh, they get you know fall behind double digits early. So it, it's very much a, an easy pass for me. Like I said, it's a it's a spot and situation where I would normally want to try and play Washington where possible, but it's a matchup that screams Indiana for me. I'm right there with you. Um, I could only look towards the Wizards in this one strictly on a spot standpoint, um, but it is a tough game for me. I, I did get in front of Indiana in this one. And uh, Porzingis here as well, a huge question mark, obviously with them already being without Bill in this one, Alex. Uh, Porzingis, obviously you need to know if he's going to play or not uh, before you bet this game. And Any thoughts on this one, Alex? 
I'm going to take the under here. Um, I agree with you guys. The side is very murky here. Everything we know about schedule and spots tells you to bet the Wizards, but no Bradley Beal. Might not be any Kristaps Porzingis. At the other time, you have the Pacers getting Halliburton back. Yes, he already played that first game, but I think that second, third, fourth game is when you start to see the real benefit now that they're a little more integrated and back to plan up, but this just looks like a really nice under spot for me. We know the Wizards without Bradley Beal really slow the game down. Now, without Porzingis, maybe the pace will be a little bit faster, but they're going to lose you know, their best scorer on the floor then if he comes off. It'll be a lot of Kyle Kuzma, which is fine, but I think it's going to be tough for Washington to put up points tonight. And you look at this Indiana team, it's really interesting. They play fast against fast teams and slow against slow teams. It's They don't really seem to want to control the tempo. They don't push too much. And, you know, again, as I start to look at this, my numbers came out in the 220s as opposed to, you know, the 233 and a half that we're seeing here. I had it right around 228, 229 when I got up this morning, took under 233 and a half and just think we're going to see kind of a slow plotting game. Now, you know, you should always consider how your bet might lose. And as Josh said, the Indiana could just run away with this thing. They could score 130 points on this team tonight, and that'll be enough to push it over anyway. But I think we're going to see a slow, little tighter, cagier matchup tonight. Give me under 233 and a half. Yeah, that's a good point there. Definitely can talk about And if Porzingis is out, they could make that even better as well. Somewhat of a sleepy spot for the Pacers. Definitely a good look on the under. Um, and now and now and Alex, my guy, rocking with the under official play. Uh, under 233 and a half. I like it. They're definitely cashing with that one. Let's head over here to the streets of Orlando in this one, guys. We have the Magic getting eight points, up to eight and a half now. Uh, getting eight and a half points at the house versus the, the Toronto Raptors in this one, laying eight and a half on the road. Over and under, sitting at 222 and a half in this one, Alex, um, you have a play in this game. We'll go right back to you here. It's been a stinky dog year for me, and I'm going to continue to do it. I'll take the points tonight with the Magic. The <laughs> Raptors have been awful on the road. Now, part of it is they played some pretty good teams on the road. Some of them have been the best spots, but just three and nine straight up on the road really seem to struggle when they're south of the border here. And this Orlando Magic team, I think, is one of the hardest teams to handicap because you've kind of had three phases with them. You have the no guards, no Paolo phase. There's about five to eight games this season where there's no Jalen Suggs, no Markel Fultz, no Cole Anthony, and no Paolo. Then you have the games with no guards in Palo. Now we finally have some guards back. That cluster injury is sort of cleared up a little bit. Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz are playing. And when I look at this Magic team with Palo, with at least one or two of those guards, it's not a bad team. It's not a good team, but I think it's much better than what we're seeing here in this evaluation. I had this line closer to five. So grab date and a half myself. I'll take the points with Orlando tonight. Yeah, I couldn't talk you off that as well, Josh. The Raptors sitting at only three and nine um, straight up on the season on the road as well here, Josh. So um, how you look at this game? I definitely can't lay eight and a half with a team that hadn't been playing well on the road. So I like how uh, Alex is looking there. I, I might look towards the magic in this one as well, Josh. Yeah, it looks like it's going back towards eight and a half as well. So I, there's just no way you could lay that many points with Toronto. I know that they're healthy again, but they still need to work through their uh, rotations a little bit. They need players to find their legs again. Um, so I think it's still going to be time before we see, you know, the true Toronto, if you want to call them that. But that being said, I think offensively they uh, get it done today. And I've taken their team total over here, just largely because we're talking about an Orlando team, this young team, which we see with a lot of young teams that loves to turn the basketball over. And the Raptors score when you turn the basketball over. They're not a terrific half-court team. They love playing in transition. They love the fast break. Uh, they're extremely active, you know, defensively to try and get those opportunities as well off of steals. Uh, the two times they've played teams in sort of the bottom three in terms of turnover percentage, San Antonio, they put up what was that, close to 140 points, I think, on the road in San Antonio. 
And when they played Orlando last week, they put up 121 points in that one as well. So I think, again, there's just a recipe for Toronto to be able to pick off a lot of easy baskets here. And uh, that should, you know, accumulate an, uh, enough for them to clear a pretty reasonable team total here where I did get in at 113.5. I do believe it's at 115 now. That's that's pretty much fine for me as well. That's close to the cutoff point. Um, but I, I again, I think it's just too many points for them to be laying because I do think that there's a path for Orlando to be competitive in this one. Uh, I wouldn't be against a full game over either. I kind of come out two points above the full game total in this one. It has ticked up a couple points since opener, so losing a little bit of value there. But I just think it's a safer play for me to be riding that Raptors offense uh, to be able to execute, like I said, against a sloppy Orlando offense that's going to give them the opportunity to do what they want to do. Yeah, you made some great points there, Josh. Uh, like you like to say, I do think there's a pathway that both of you guys could cash this as well. Like I like when Josh says it as well, man. So uh, we're looking at maybe a 116-109 game in this one. Alex cashed the Magic plus the eight, and Josh just gets his uh, team total over there as well. Uh, Raptors still get the win. Everyone is happy in this one, so I like this. Going, that's going two and zero one time for one time. Love the breakdowns for both of you guys as well. Uh, definitely cashing in that one, man. Stacking up some wins today, guys. Let's go head over here to the streets of Brooklyn here, guys. We have the Brooklyn Nets laying seven and a half points versus the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks somewhat the walking wounded right now. A lot of, a ton of guys in and out of lineup. This over and under is sitting at 230 and a half in this one, Josh. Um, you have a play in this game. How are we looking at this one, my brother? Yeah, I have. I've gotten involved with the Brooklyn Nets here at seven and a half. And it's an interesting one. I don't necessarily have a market edge because that's kind of pretty much where my number is. But at the same time, I don't know if that number's pretty fair and accurate given what Atlanta is missing. It's always difficult to try and work out a fair price for a team missing multiple starters like they are. So no DeJounte Murray, no John Collins, no DeAndre Hunter. I don't think it's just linear in terms of just stacking up the numbers and saying here's the fair price because there's got to be some sort of compound there and that's where it gets a little bit tricky in terms of you know creating a market for it. But just looking at the matchup and situationally, I mean, Atlanta's a dumpster fire right now, which is not great for anyone sitting on Atlanta's futures like I am for them to win that division. Luckily, Miami um, keeping pace with them in that regard. But the, the team right now looks completely dysfunctional, largely because Trey Young seems to hate his coach and his coach seems to hate his star player. So that's not really a position you want to be in um, moving forward. And like I said, when you don't have DeJounte Murray, John Collins, and DeAndre Hunter out there, it is going to be the Trey Young show. It is going to become a little bit more predictable and one-dimensional, I think. They just don't have any floor spacing. I mean, they've got Bogdanovich back, which is great, but he just went 0 for 10 from 3 against the Knicks. So I don't think he'll be that bad. And, you know, he's still trying to find his legs, and it'll take some time, no doubt. But that's it. Apart from those guys, there, there's no one that can naturally space the floor for them. And Brooklyn, in the, on the other side of things, are finding their rhythm from beyond the arc. Joe Harris looks good against shooting the basketball. Seth Curry looks like he's remembered how to shoot the basketball. When they have that level of spacing alongside Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that's when this team can be really dangerous in the regular season. Um, you know, I still think they have their postseason flaws and issues to work through. But for the regular season, I think there's a very real world where they start stacking up wins and, and really establish themselves as a top four team in that Eastern Conference anyway. So I'm going to lay the points with them here. It is a lot of points, like I said, and it is basically where my market rating is for these two teams right now. Uh, but I just love the matchup here. And I think that Brooklyn, if those shooters can keep going once again, Atlanta just doesn't have enough in them to keep pace. 
Exactly. Yeah, no, I couldn't talk you off the nets here as well. Like you said, uh, the Hawks are basically the walking wounded. Now without DeJounte Murray as well, you got uh, Trey Young going back and forth with his coach as well. He, I guess Trey Young is a bit of an a-hole. It seems like not a lot of people like him, to be honest with you. So, I mean, now that you're getting into it with your own coach over there, that's definitely not a buy-on sign for me, Alex. And he hadn't been shooting the ball as well. Uh, oh, any thoughts on this game, my brother? was really happy this number came out pretty much right on top of what my model was telling me this morning because I think I've had six bets this season on or against the Atlanta Hawks, and I've only won one. I have so much trouble figuring out what this team is going to do night tonight. Um, you know, the other night, um, the, the entire team's out. They beat the Nuggets outright. I mean, just right. like stuff like that. So I've really struggled with this team. And you know, the Nets, as good as they've been, they've yet to really put a team away. Uh, an offense with this much firepower, this much shooting, should really be able to start beating some of these teams by, you know, 10, 15 points. And we're still seeing them kind of grind out some of these single-digit wins. I think the Nets are the right side, but I'm probably done betting Hawks games for a while anyway. Yeah, I couldn't talk you off that, Alex. Uh, I know I'd be looking towards fading them, and that's what my guy Josh is doing here, rocking with the Nets. Uh, minus the seven and a half. Could not talk you off. Definitely see you cashing with that one, my guy. Uh, let's head over here to the streets of Philly here, man. We're going to the streets of uh, maybe some Philly uh, – Key stakes in this one, guys. Laying five points with the 76er in this one versus the LA Lakers in this one, um, Alex. Over and under sitting at 227 and a half. I'm starting to get hungry, man. I started thinking about some Philly cheese. I'm not on the Sixers here, but uh, I couldn't I, I couldn't talk you off of a uh, uh, Philly cheesesteak sandwich right now. But how are you looking at this game, Alex? Well, now I'm completely distracted because I've been sort of thinking about getting a cheesesteak all day today, and I think this pretty much locks it up. Um, you know, the Sixers here, it'll be their second game with James Harden since he's come back. That's kind of a tough meshing process. The team was really starting to get comfortable with just Joel and B kind of going back to that dynamic. Obviously, they're better with James Harden. Now, you look on the other side of the ball, the Los Angeles Lakers are winning games again. But you start to look a little bit deeper and outside of that wing uh, game against the Bucks, where I, I can't remember if that was Middleton's first game or second game. They haven't really beaten anybody too good. Um, you know, Cleveland beat them by 14. I think it was actually um, not nearly as close as that 14 points. Look, Toronto took care of business the other night. Um, you know, so maybe at this point we've seen the Lakers kind of run themselves out. The Sixers have taken money all day, so kudos to anybody that bet them early. I think the market has this one pretty much right. It's failure pass, and the number is just too deep for me now. So happy to just watch, hopefully, my 76ers beat up on the horrible, awful, evil Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, hey, Joshua liked it as well because he's one of those ones that's on the Sixers in this one. Uh, I know I know how Josh rolls. I know he got on this last night, but it's up to five now. Josh still liking it, right? Um, so with it, I don't I know I know you you guys have cheesesteaks over there, Josh. We we do somewhere. We have some sort of fake Philly cheesesteak house. I think it's literally called Phillies as well. So, you know, they're really yeah. original with the name. But if the word uh, Phillies in the name, don't eat it. <laughs> that's probably a good piece of advice worth taking on board um i haven't made it there yet so i mean noobs might have just talked me off ever visiting the place either i'll save it for when i head over stateside and we'll do it properly over there but look this game uh, i did get in a little bit earlier than where it currently sits so i'm on a philly minus three and a half five is closer to where i have it which is between five five and a half i think the opener was just very wrong here which you know, kind of indicated that Philly would only be about a minus one and a half on a neutral court. And I think we can all agree that's very wrong. Um, but, you know, like, like Alex said, the Lakers looked good racking off wins, but you look at who they beat. I mean, three of those wins came against the San Antonio Spurs. And, you know, they don't even want to play basketball half the time, let, lo 
don't know how to play basketball. So uh, I'm not necessarily buying that the Lakers have turned a corner. I think that they're kind of closer to where a lot of people anticipated them to be, which is still a playing team in the West. So, you know, they're not necessarily uh, flying high and going to establish themselves among the top-tier teams in their conference, that's for sure. But from a matchup perspective as well, I mean, I think Philly are going to control the tempo in this one. And if they turn it into a half-court grind, I don't like the Lakers' offense in half-court situations. They like to be able to push tempo. They like to be able to push in transition and score early, and that's how they you know, get the bulk of their baskets. But if you force them into half-court sets, they're just not a terrific team. They're a little bit one-dimensional. They're a little bit limited in what they can do. And you know, obviously, Anthony Davis, if he's fully healthy, will probably be able to find a way to get his. But this is a very difficult matchup for him. It's going to ask a lot of him physically at both ends of the floor as well if he's going to be having to match up with Joel Embiid on the defensive end. So for me, I I do think Philly are just going to find a way to get it done and and could potentially get it done quite easily as well. Um, The other thing I do agree with Alex, having James Harden back does sort of change things. I don't think Doc Rivers has really figured out how to best utilize both his superstars and maximize their skill sets because yeah, you, you know, Harden obviously wants to run in the half court and uh, in sort of in transition in the fast break, and Embiid wants to play in the half court and and get set up into his spot. So the bad news, I think, for Alex is that Rivers is not the guy that's going to be able to figure that out either. So it might just be the better case of let him go sooner rather than later and get a coach that can figure it out for them. But look, back to just this particular game, it's Philly or pass. Even at this number, I don't think that there's a world you can play the Lakers unless it starts climbing another couple points higher from here. Love the matchup and still like the the current market value on them. Exactly. Yeah, maybe the Sixers should give Brett Brown a, a call from over there. You Get him back over there, you know. I'm messing with you guys, man. That's, that's so hilarious. That's comedy right there. But my guy, Josh, rocking with the Philadelphia uh, cheesesteaks in this one, the 76ers uh, minus the five in this one, my guys. Could not talk you off. You made some good points about the Lakers somewhat being like a somewhat like average team, been beating up on bad teams. But when you go up against a big dog, they should struggle here. Sixers coming off with three days rest as well, coming off that bad loss versus Rockets. Three losses in a row versus the Sixers. I could definitely see them coming out here with some emphasis uh, and paying attention to uh to uh to detail as well guys so let's head over here to the streets of memphis guys going to the next game here we have the memphis grizzlies here with land 10 and a half 11 points uh land 10 and a half here at the house versus the detroit pistons in this one seems like the grizzlies just own the pistons to be honest with you over and under sitting at 227 and a half in this one alex you liking anything in this game my brother I'm still just trying to mentally recover from having to think about whether or not I'd rather have Brett Brown be the Sixers coach instead of Glenn Rivers. <laughs> Ooh. All right, I'm going to try to gather myself here because um, this one is pretty easy. This is an angle I've been playing for the last couple of weeks. No Kate Cunningham. Give me a Pistons team total under. Uh, this is a team that does not have many ball handlers, does not have many guys that are going to be generating offense. As good as Jaden Ivey has been, he doesn't seem to be able to create yet at the NBA level. Again, you lose Kate Cunningham. Now we have a lot of Killian Hayes and Corey Joseph and, and Alec Burks. I didn't even realize Alec Burks was still in the NBA, honestly, at this point. like it's What a surprise. He's still out there making money. Good for him, but good for us. Um, we still get a chance. They keep hanging these Detroit team total overs, 109, 108, 110, and you go back and look it's you know i think it's five and two over the last seven towards the under here they just struggled to score and this memphis team I, I think is maybe a little misunderstood in terms of not being a great defensive team but 
knowing how to take advantage of teams that really have no offensive talent, know how to grind these games out, have no interest in trying to run their guys up and down the floor. It's a different team this year. They don't have that same depth where they would really kind of push hard for 48 minutes here tonight. So I like the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Agree with the big spread here. But again, that Pistons team total looks a little too high to me. Don't mind the full game under. But again, we'll just keep playing these Pistons team total unders until they start hanging 106. That's a good look there, Alex. And you cash with those team total unders as well on those bad teams, man. So definitely good look in there. One definitely seems like it's a few points um, too high here as well. Um, and like you say, Friday night game at the house. Wouldn't be surprised to see the Grizzlies turn up in this one, Josh. Uh, any thoughts on this game, my brother? Yeah, I really like that look as well. I mean, you're talking about the five and two in the last seven. And I think the two that they went over, Killian Hayes remembered how to shoot the basketball. And that's not going to happen regularly because he's just not a scorer. I think he, he does have some skill sets that can you know make him a valuable player in the NBA long term. But um, scoring is definitely not one of them. And, and you know, outside of Bogdanovich, there's really no one there that you can rely on on a nightly basis to put up. Uh, anything efficient with consistency. So that's definitely the top look. I think the, the spread is pretty fair. I, I'm at 11. It's at 10.5. So, I, you know, I have no real edge there. The total, I, I would probably lean towards the under here as well, just slightly. I think I'm a couple points below the market on the full game total. Um, and that's largely because I just don't know how Detroit scores. So there you go. There's your best angle. Detroit team total under. Otherwise, just don't get involved in this game. Memphis should take care of business pretty comfortably. Exactly. I'm right there with you. That's a sharp look there by my guy, Alex, rocking with the Pistons team total under official like a referee blowing the whistle. He's got that one at under 108 and a half in that one, my guys. Definitely. Uh, I don't see how they get to 110 in that one, Alex. So that's a great look in that one, my guy. Uh, great looks on the card today as well, guys. Let's go over here to the streets of New Orleans here. Uh, maybe go get some seafood or something, maybe some seafood gumbo or something. But we have the Pelicans here getting... <laughs> I'm kind of hungry, guys, as you guys can tell. But Pelicans here getting plus one and a half here at the house versus the Phoenix Suns in this one. Over and under sitting at 228 in this one. Man, Josh, I really want to get there with the Pelicans in this game. You do have a same-season revenge game plus playoff revenge game as well. It's just this team is really somewhat turned into the walking wounded. Now, they have been at the house for a little while, have gotten used to playing without those injuries, but you need a guy like Jose Alvarado out there. Um, he literally, they could be down 10 points and he'll come into the game and literally he's like an instant uh, energy switch, Josh. So how are you looking at this game and maybe Alvarado possibly being out? Would you uh, maybe, uh, how are you looking at this one, my brother? Yeah, I thought I would end up getting involved with the Pelicans here as well. But like you said, I think Alvarado's probably a little bit more of a loss than, you know, something that will show up in the marketplace, that's for sure. And, you know, the price as a result of where it currently is. I don't show a lot of value either way here. Phoenix off of back-to-back um, -back <laughs> annihilations, really, by, by the Mavs and the Celtics. And so you'd expect to see something from them. Uh, that locker room generally bounces back really well from situations like that. Uh, Chris Paul's second game back, you'd expect a little bit you know, more to, to his game and to the Phoenix Suns game as well. But I think what we saw in that game against the Celtics was the Suns players having to try and figure out their roles again now that Chris Paul's back. You know, you guys like uh, Mikhail Bridges became a lot less involved in the offense and, you know, Devin Booker as well, who was playing pretty close to an MVP level, really, uh, as the initiator and leader of that team and having to take a, a sort of back seat a little bit and then try and pick his spots a little bit more selectively. Didn't seem to work out too well for him that game. I don't know how much time it's going to take. I mean, I, I have no 
doubts that they'll figure things out. But, you know, there might be a little bit of a teething process there for guys. Aiton's another one as well who was playing probably the best basketball in recent memory from him anyway. Um, but he hasn't performed to expectations when he's been alongside Chris Paul, which doesn't make sense on paper because, I mean, fundamentally he does everything that you would want a center to do that plays alongside someone like CP3. But for whatever reason, it just never really transpired to the levels that I think everyone expected. So, yeah, I think there's fair cases to be made either way here, which is a good reason for me to stay clear of it. Like I said, I thought I'd be involved with the Pelicans. I can see why the Suns are sitting at minus one and a half, and I do wonder whether those Pelicans injuries do catch up to them because I was actually surprised to find out yesterday that they're sitting atop the Western Conference. I don't know when that happened or how that happened, but it kind of speaks to that Western Conference at the moment where it's like you string a couple wins together and, you know, the Mavs win a couple more games. They can go from being outside the playoff picture to top seed themselves. So it's very, very linear over there in the West at the minute and makes it really hard, especially in games like this, to try and pick out your real value. Exactly. The West is wide open in this one, Alex. Um, Suns, they were at number one, but again, then the Pelicans, they lost Pelicans one, so now they're sitting at number two, Pelicans number one, um, with a chance to, uh, I guess the Suns really, in theory, with a chance to get back to number one uh, and coming off back-to-back blowout losses. That was another thing that really kept me off the Pelicans here. Didn't expect them to get smoked basically by 40 points in that one, Alex. Um, how are you looking at this game? You think the Suns can bounce back here or maybe looking at an under spot here? I am not afraid. Give me the Pelicans. I love the Pelicans. Um, my numbers have them as short favorites here. I do agree with you guys. Alvarado is a much more important piece than I, I think the market realizes, especially mm. when you consider the fact that Herb Jones is already out. That kind of knocks out your two top defenders. It's not quite a cluster injury, but it sort of works that way. Either way, when I look at this Pelicans team, as long as they have two of Ingram, Zion, and C.J. McCollum, they're one of the best teams in the league. No Brandon Ingram tonight, but McCollum should be fine. Zion should be fine. From a matchup perspective, there is no rim protection on this Phoenix Suns team. I mean, uh, they'll probably play Biombo too many minutes tonight, but he'll probably just foul out. Uh, there's not going to be anybody down there to stop Zion and these guys from attacking the basket like they want to. And we talked about this a little bit earlier with James Harden and the Sixers. Integrating a star can be tough at first. It takes a couple of games. And I think as Josh so eloquently broke down, adding Chris Paul to this Phoenix team, really kind of upset these guys. You have young players like Aiton and Booker. They're going to have the ball out of their hands, Booker especially. I mean, again, you look at the Sixers, James Harden is just taking minutes away from, with all due respect, Shake Milton and DeAnthony Melton. Those aren't guys that are expected to be starters in the NBA. They kind of know that's their role. But Phoenix, now Chris Paul comes back in. We're going to take the ball out of Devin Booker's hands. It's back to being Chris Paul's team. I think we're going to see a couple games of rust there. Um, just really like this matchup for the Pelicans. Thinks that, you know, again, the impact of Chris Paul maybe being a little overrated. Would much rather have Alvarado in tonight, but everything to me points to the Pelicans being favored. So give me the Pelicans as a dog at home. I'm rooting for you, Alex. Like I said, I want to take the – this is a spot that I'd like to take the uh, Pelicans um, as well with the same season revenge plus playoff revenge. Um, I'm with you. I, like I said, I'm rooting for you. I'm going to watch this game. I hope that you cash, man. I like the Pelicans. They're one of my favorite teams. I was telling people a couple years ago that this team is coming on. They're going to be a great team here. I like what really Green is doing. Is, uh, they're, they're buying into them. And they didn't even have Zion. Now he's back and balling out. So, Alex, another sharp look from you there. I uh, really hope you cash, you guys. Now, let's get over here. Last game up before we get to some Q&A here. We're going to the streets of Utah here, man. We got the Jazz laying a point and a half at the house versus the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, over and under sitting at 234 and a half, Josh. What are we doing here, my guy? Are we, are we howling with the Wolves in this one, my guy? 
We are most definitely running with the Wolves tonight. I, I did grab that plus three. I think it might still tick back up if Laurie Marketing gets in. So if you've missed the early number, I wouldn't rush to bet the Timberwolves just yet. I don't think they're getting any shorter than what the current market is right now. Uh, it could only go the other way, I, I believe, unless there's some unforeseen outs for Utah who get Mike Conley back. But losing Colin Sexton is pretty big for them. They, they don't have a ton of depth at that guard position. And, and what he's brought to the table for them has been really undervalued and, and um, you know, not something that's been spoken about nearly in the same way that, you know, the production of guys like Laurie Markkinen have since arriving in Salt Lake City. So for me, it's it's an easy Minnesota look, really. I think they look a much more coherent team right now with Cat out. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, I think Cat's a bad player or anything. It's just, you know, from a scheme and, and fit perspective, the Gobert and Anthony Towns partnership just doesn't work. You just... That those guys need to operate as the lone big on the floor. It's simple as that. They haven't been able to figure it out between the two of them. And so when you only have one of them out there, it doesn't seem to be too much of an issue. We saw Gobert last time go off, you know, what was it, 14 and 20 rebounds last game. Wouldn't be surprised if he put up something similar here as well in his return to Utah. And I'm sure he, he would love nothing more than to come away from this building with a with a win given um, the reception he's likely to receive. And I think how most fans of the NBA seem to take to Rudy Gobert, which is not too fondly. So I, I just, I, I like the Timberwolves here. I think that uh, matchup wise, they should be fine as well. Um, Utah, I think we're finally starting to see them regress to the level that we sort of expected of them preseason. Uh, you know, that intensity, that, that effort that we see from them every single night, it got them a lot of wins. But I think that we're also seeing that, you know, they are still shy of the necessary talent to really compete um, at a decent level night in, night out. So Minnesota Timberwolves plus three for me. Uh, like I said, current market, just sit and wait, see if you can at least get that two and a half again. Maybe it does go to three if Markkinen is ruled in. Um, but if he's out, I would take Minnesota down to a pick him here. Yeah, I still I like Timberwolves plus one and a half. I think they'll win the game in this one, guys. So uh, that's why I'm not scared to take. I'll, I'll take the money line plus one and a half. You can wait till Martin is in. Um, but what I'll personally be doing is if he's in, I'm still taking Timberwolves money line. I think they win this game. I don't think it'll be a close game either way. Um, obviously you have the same season revenge as well, and the Timberwolves have been losing to the Jazz um in recent years as well. So um obviously now Gobert is on the Wolves, and it's one of those things to where as an NBA player, when you go against your old team, the team knows all right. It's time to step up. Let's go and get our guy a win versus old uh, old squad as well. These two teams played second game of the season. The uh, Wolves were up 15 points after the first quarter now and had a double-digit lead basically the whole game. Lost it in the second half. Keep in mind, this is when Gobert and Cat were both playing on the floor. This is when they weren't good, um, and they went into overtime and lost that game as well. Um, that's when the Jazz were playing with their heads on fire. They've come back down to earth. Timberwolves actually starting to play uh, like some top dogs like they are now. We're howling with the Wolves in this. I like Wolves uh, to win this game. Money line plus one and a half. Alex, uh, could you talk us off howling with the Wolves in this one, my guy? I can't and I won't. I'm pretty bummed about the Wolves. I thought that they would be a little bit better this season. I think, again, that that partnership of Carl Anthony Downs and Rudy Gobert, we all thought that, you know, Cat could be a real spacer at the four position, but it turns out he probably works best as a center. So uh, it's as hard as it is to say, the team does look a little better with that, but there's still a staleness there. I, I watch those Minnesota games and it doesn't seem like a cohesive unit working together to win basketball games. There's a lot of put and take. It's just kind of a bad taste in my mouth at Minnesota at this point. But I agree with everything that's stacking up here for Utah. Happy to just, you know, definitely not play in Utah for sure. So it's Timberwolves or pass. 
Let's cash, man. Let's get this cash, Josh. We, me, myself, and Josh, the two J's rocking with the rules in this one, guys. So if you have some Timberland boots, put your Timmies on. Let's ride with the Timberwolves in this one, plus the one and a half, guys. Um, that's it for the games. We'll answer a few questions here, guys, and go over our best bets and go ahead and get out of here. A few questions here. Canuck James, um, any value on OG Anobi uh, steals and blocks props over two and a half? Seeing plus money at some books, um, Josh. Um, I know you like to look at props. Any thoughts on this one? Brother. Yeah, I mean, he, he might be able to do it with steals alone, let alone the blocks. He, I wouldn't, you know, bet against him blocking someone in this game as well, just given the way that he matches up um, with his length and size. But the, like I said, going back to the fact that the Raptors are going to get opportunities with their active hands to to come away with steals and play in transition. And you're talking about an Orlando team that is just sloppy with the basketball sometimes. Um, and that comes, you know, with being a young team in the NBA. So I, I absolutely couldn't go the under here. I would only play the over. And if anyone's going to be able to sort of rack up, like I said, the steals and the blocks together, it probably would be Adenobi in this team. Yeah, right there with you. Right there with you. No, yeah, I know he's been cashing it. The blocks it has been like somewhat over over a half as well. I believe like uh, five of the past seven, something like that. He's cash, but uh, could definitely not talk you off of that one. Uh, now, next question here, my guy Rick White in this one. Question for you, Alex. Thoughts on the Cavs total in this one? Any thoughts on this one, Alex? Two big pieces of injury news come out in the last probably 30 minutes or so in this game. Looks like Donovan Mitchell is going to be out. De'Aaron Fox is mm -hmm. going to be in. You know, Donovan mm. Mitchell being out probably helps the under. De'Aaron Fox would sort of push you towards the over. Uh, I think in general, Cleveland has done a better job of controlling the pace of games, really forcing their opponents to play how they want to play. And without Donovan Mitchell, I think we're going to see a slower affair. You've seen the total come down. It was 226 earlier today. It's dropped down to 222. Curious to see if maybe with Fox in, it ticks up another point or so. But it feels like an under spot to me. I, I like the spot for the Cavaliers. Again, at home, they've been really good. Should control this game so under a pass for me i like it i like it uh and my guy mike g in this chat asking are the jazz still in the win by yama uh sweepstakes i'll go ahead and answer this one i don't i don't think so to be honest with you i think the spurs are making it very clear um that they are want to be at the at the lead of the sweepstakes let's put it that way i know that adam Sears, silver's trying to make it seem like the worst teams don't necessarily have the best chance but we know he he can't just say that yeah these teams are he knows that uh what's going to happen but i'd say hornets obviously hornets rockets and spurs are in the front running they they want him the most is what I can uh, tell and I don't even think LaMelo Ball is still injured I think they're simply just choosing to hold him out right now but one last question in the chat here Rob, Rob Murray Josh says Bucks Dallas uh, question marks yeah I uh it's a tough one I, I I think you know there's a fair case to be made for Dallas as well but just looking from a price point if you're getting the Bucks at this price it's kind of just an auto play. The, the, the same way that, you know, if you get the Celtics at anything less than minus three, you almost have to just automatically play it. They're kind of rolling through teams at the moment. Um, the Bucks perimeter defense is better than advertised, and I think that could be the deciding factor here. We know how heavily reliant Dallas is on their perimeter game offensively. If the Bucks are able to shut that down, force them and funnel them inside where Brooke Lopez is obviously playing at a ridiculous rate defensively, um, they might be able to do enough to slow them down where offensively, I, I don't know if Dallas can stop Giannis right now. No one can stop Giannis ever since. Uh, shout out to Alex Christensen's Philadelphia team for sticking a ladder in front of him and really turning him super saiyan because he's just been on an absolute tear since that incident. Um, and, you know, I think like we've all sort of agreed is Middleton slowly finding his feet again and will only get better in that offense as well. So 
I, I would probably lean towards Milwaukee here. I don't say that with a lot of confidence, though, because Dallas is absolutely rolling themselves right now. So definitely going to be the funnest game to watch tonight, just not one that I want to be getting too actively involved with from a betting perspective. Exactly, exactly. Definitely going to be a great game. Late ESPN game, guys. Um, now let's go ahead and get over to our best bets and get out of here, guys. I'm sure you guys' favorite part of the show here. We went over seven games today. A lot of plays. My guy Josh rocking with Raptors. Team total over 115.5. He's going with Nets, minus 7.5 up against Atlanta Hawks. He's also rocking with 76ers. The Philly Cheesesteaks, minus 5 over the LA Lakers and Timberwolves as well, plus 1.5 over the Utah Jazz. I'm howling with the Wolves as well. Timberwolves Wolves plus one and a half. I also, I think this is a money line play for me. I fully expect this team to win this game as well. A um, little revenge game, Jay, here as well with Gobert going up against his old squad. Alex here, my guy Noops rocking with Wizards. Pacers under 233 and a half. He's going with the Magic plus eight up against the Toronto Raptors. Pistons team total under 108 and a half up against the Memphis Grizzlies. And he's also rocking with the Pelicans plus the one and a half versus the Phoenix Suns in this one, guys. Great show. Love to do it with you guys. I've been talking to NBA picks monday through friday nba show from bet us tv i'm your host jay money for my guy josh and alex as well we appreciate everybody for tuning in please hit the like button come back and check us out on monday we're out